0: This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Education Matters. I'm your host, Katie Olmstead, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. Our members include K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in just about every part of the state. So, since late February, OEA's officers have been visiting just about every part of the state on a journey that's a bit like a Johnny Cash song at this point.
2: I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man.
1: Now, the music may be in fun here, but the ongoing officers' listening tour is serious business. This is the chance for OEA leaders to really hear from members about the issues that matter most to them. We wanted to find out more about what OEA's officers have learned from members so far on this tour. So as we mark Teacher Appreciation Week, we're sitting down with OEA President Scott Demaro, Vice President Jeff Wensing, and Secretary-Treasurer Mark Hill for a full report.
0: I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston,
1: Kingston. Scott, Jeff, Mark, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedules. Those schedules made even busier by the fact that I think as of today, you will have visited 25 different locals on your officers listening tour. How's it been going?
0: So this is Scott. Uh, Katie, thanks for taking the time to to have this conversation. I I will just say... um, it has been exhilarating. I, I think after two years of you know feeling kind of isolated because of the pandemic, and and last year even as schools were starting to open up uh, for in person instruction, a lot of districts had very strict no visitor policies, and and you know we've spent so much time uh, on remote meetings. You know, I think we were all just feeling really antsy to get out and see firsthand what's happening with our students and, and you know, the work that our members are doing in schools and to have direct conversations with members about how they're doing. And, and it has been awesome to see the incredible work that our members do every day with kids and, and also to be with students. Um, you know, I've been out of the classroom myself for a couple of years and and I really miss that day-to-day interaction with kids. And so just the chance to be in school buildings and interacting with students and interacting with teachers and interacting with ESPs uh, has been really awesome.
1: I've been following along on social media. You guys have been posting a lot of pictures to your pages and it's on the OEA page. And my favorite photo so far is of Jeff uh, in a classroom with students. Um, you had to clarify that you were not scowling at students, you were growling like a bear. Do you want to set the record straight on this one? Why were you growling like a bear?
2: Well, thanks for the opportunity, Katie, to set the record straight. Yes, I was uh, reading (laughs) the students in Riverdale, I believe, and I was reading a book that contained, you know, a lot of animals. And one of those was a bear. And I was growling like a bear after the students requested me to uh, add some sound effects. So that was that was a fun thing to do that day. And the students in Riverdale were great. I had opportunity to read uh, a couple of the groups of students, uh, one group in Columbus as well. And it is just, like Scott mentioned, it's really uh, invigorating to get back out, to be with members, to see the great work that they're doing with their students and to actually talk with the students as well. You know, the students are um, pretty good at being honest I remember it wasn't that long ago I was in the classroom uh, just a couple years ago two and a half years ago and they are honest and they'll tell you their actual experiences how they're feeling and overwhelmingly they are enjoying being back with our members back at school uh, and interacting with our members um, they like being there they like being with our members and they appreciate uh, the efforts of our members too
1: and one of the stops involved a brownie bake-off, so I'm pretty sure it's easy to bribe uh, students and staff into saying nice things if you give them chocolate. But it is it is a very serious thing you guys are doing out there. We're hearing a lot from our members about some of the challenges they've been facing over the last year or so. What are they telling you?
2: Okay, this is Jeff. Um, number one uh, thing is they're telling... There's no, there's no perfect... Situation out there. All of our members are working through these couple of years of COVID, but the one discerning uh, thing that I've taken away uh, is that our members that feel supported by their administration, by parents, by community, are having a far better time or uh, better time of it as they navigate their way through these last couple of years. So the amount of support that our educators are receiving is directly uh, correlating to job satisfaction and how they're feeling uh, valued uh, by their administration. And they're making their way through this, these times a little bit easier than those that are struggling with getting the support that they need.
1: What does that support actually mean though? We're, you know, it's teacher appreciation week. And one of the big things we're talking about is saying thank you is great. Saying "I like you" is great, but that's not the support that our educators really need to give our students what they need in the classroom and, and to really stay in this career field and thrive. What do our teachers need? What do our educators need?
3: Katie, hey this is Mark. Um, thanks for doing this. So, what I found is similar to what Jeff described. Um, you know how our educators feel about their profession and their work situation is really dependent upon. The relationship that they have with their administration and i would say the two key elements to answer your question are agency and voice um agency and how you are able to conduct yourself as professional in the classroom decisions made in the district in general and your voice in that in that situation and the educators that i've met that don't have agency and voice in either one part of whether it be negotiations or policy decisions by uh, administration, that really drags down the morale overall. And I would say, uh, to just point, it it really does color how our members react to what's going on within their local and whether they're uh, as resilient to the myriad challenges they're facing this year. And I, and I'll add, uh, this is Scott, you know,
0: that it it is a sense of you know when when. People don't have agency when they don't have voice, uh, and that's reflected in a number of ways. When they see that their administration and their building isn't backing them up in terms of their expectations and the structure that they know that their students need. Uh, and, and then the other thing is when they see attacks from politicians in Columbus or Washington who have zero clue about the you know what it takes to be successful in education, uh, you know, making policies that restrict the freedom of educators to teach a full and honest education—that really has a demoralizing impact because that also is about taking away agency and taking away voice. Um, but then the other thing that I that I that I throw in into the mix is that some of the most heart-wrenching stories that I've been hearing from members is when they know that their kids deserve more, when, when their students deserve more support themselves. And sometimes it's, it's access to nutrition, it's access to mental health support, it's access to counselors. Uh, it's, it's recognizing that, that for a lot of our students, they come to school with, with school being like the only reliable so- source of support that they have And so much being piled on the plates of the classroom teacher that they feel like they're just, they're, they're, they're drowning because they know that their students need and deserve more, yet they themselves can't give those kids all they need. And in some cases, the school itself can't give kids what they need. And uh, that's really frustrating for them.
1: Do you think you had a true sense of that? feeling of drowning for them or, or really their feelings and their emotions about this until you were able to get into their workspace and, and see what they're seeing day in and day out.
0: You know, for me, we've been hearing voices of members from, you know, throughout this process, we haven't been in the classroom. Um, and, you know, every time our board comes together, every time we're attending a, a UNICERF council meeting, we have regular conversations with local leaders, but I will say a lot of those stories are secondhand. So seeing it and hearing it firsthand uh, really does have a huge impact. There are so many times where, where I'm, I'm listening to a story from a member and, and boy, I wish that their state representative was hearing the same story. I wish, I wish the superintendent was hearing the same story because when you are there in person witnessing what's going on and when you can see the eyes of the students that they're, that they're talking about and that they really care deeply about, Um, that really does make a big impact.
1: And it seems to make a very big impact on the members to have you there hearing from them directly. I want to play you a soundbite from an interview that we did with Jason Segerson. He was um, at the Lima stop, Scott, that you were at. He's an intervention specialist at Lima North Middle School. And he says one of the things that really was important to him is that he was able to tell that what matters to the educators is what mattered to you. So take a listen to this. You know, I feel like his willingness to travel to a small town in a small part of Ohio to a small group of teachers really shows the dedication that the OEA has to making sure that um, we're, you know, represented and learning and developing well. And that was something we heard from members really at several different stops, is that sense of um, making sure they're doing well and, and offering them that chance to develop in the future. Are, are they able to really help set some of the, um, the goals for our organization moving forward when they're having these conversations with you?
0: Well, I just want to tell you a little bit more about the conversation with Jason, because um, when I met with Jason, it was with several other members from Lima, and Lima is part of a pilot program that we have been supporting and we help to design and create called Educators Leading the Profession. And this is an opportunity to provide uh, mentoring to, to early career educators uh, with union members who, who support their work uh, in their schools uh, that they have relationships with. And also using the, the wonders of technology to provide virtual instructional coaches uh, who can give them feedback in a completely uh, non-threatening way, focused on pedagogy, focused on, on best practices, you know, in terms of teaching and learning. And, and so hearing Jason as a first-year educator, he's a second career educator, um, and, and understanding kind of what motivated him to go into teaching and understanding what he appreciates about that program uh, is, is really critical because that feedback goes directly into our decision-making about how to make that program even better. You know, how do we sustain the program? How do we expand the program? Uh, without hearing directly from him, wouldn't be able to do that. So it was, I, I think I learned way more from him than, than he possibly could have learned from me, but it was so good to, to meet him and meet his colleagues from Lima that day.
1: Are there other actionable items that have come out of these stops for you guys?
0: Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, say that, that you know, one of the things that uh, has come out uh, and is a recurring theme is that we're hearing from a lot of members who are really concerned about student behavior. Uh, and that one of the impacts of the pandemic has been because so many students didn't have uh, the socialization support uh, and, and didn't really have structure at home and didn't have the kind of parental support that they needed that you're seeing a lot of students like really acting out. And we have a number of of, uh, members who have been studying this issue. Our collective bargaining member advocacy committee has been really looking into the issue and and has made some recommendations to our board and to our staff in terms of things that we can do. I will say seeing and hearing those stories directly, uh, at least for me, just gives a lot more urgency to say, you know, there's enough time to to talk about an issue and to study an issue. Uh, We really need to to take action so that our members know that OEA has their back and and that we really are about uh, their well being and and their students' well being and so yeah I think I think you're going to see some action in the very near future on that issue because of those conversations.
1: And I like hey. that you said OEA has your back. I want to play a soundbite from Raylene Polchow. She's a preschool teacher, a pre-K teacher in Columbus City Schools, and that's really what she took away from the um, officers listening. Tour stop there.
0: And I think, you know, both CEA and OEA are, you know, there to listen to the concerns and they're always, you know, willing to help and solve whatever
1: we need help with. Have you heard anything that surprised you that people need help with?
2: Well, for me, Katie, um, Jeff, uh, number one, I appreciate that our members have kept it real You know, whether I've gone to meet with uh, a group of ESP educators in Brunswick or um, a wall-to-wall local like Mansfield or in Columbus, um, they've kept it real. You've seen what actually happens in our schools. And sometimes, you know, I've seen runners. I've seen uh, educators try to de-escalate a situation with students. I've seen a a CPI hold. Uh, I've seen those things uh, that go on in our schools in addition to uh, many of the positives I've mentioned. And really some of the questions that our educators have are trying to clear up some misconceptions that maybe they're hearing from administration and administration tells them it's this certain way and their hands are tied and they have to do it this way. So they ask, uh, they've asked me and I try to get back to them. I do get back to them after our staff has weighed in, if I don't know the answer on any specifics that are actually going on uh, in their local that um, maybe. Um, not exactly in accordance with uh, the law or, or or things of that nature.
3: Okay, th- this is Mark. Um, so, you know, most of the conversations you have with, with our members out in the field are, and they're really focused on their issues and they local. So what kind of surprised me and what triggered this thought was, was Scott talking about student safety and, and, uh, and behavior in the classroom. Having safe schools for everyone, students and staff. But overarching that, I had a, a lot of questions that one and one of the locals kind of focused on something that's really important. And I think, uh, you know, when you're in the trenches, you it's hard to see it's it's overall effect. But school funding is certainly a huge, huge overlying issue on this. Um, some there was some dissatisfaction from the local uh, that I was in out in uh, Northwest Ohio that uh, with how the Fair School Funding Act actually had treated their district because of um, uh, open enrollment students and how that was counted in the formula against them. But overall, just funding the school formula, when you think about the stuff that Scott was talking about, which is the supports our students need in order to be successful in school, You know that takes uh, two things that are in short abundance in schools and that's time and money. And uh, for both of those things, it's it suffuses a lot of things that affect our, our members' lives when they are resourced well enough to be able to do their jobs.
1: So I want to talk about the future, and it's a two-part question. What's the future for this officers listening tour? What's next? And what do you think the future is for the education profession having this experience in these classrooms with our educators right now and the way they're feeling? The burnout is high. Uh, so much on their plates. Is there a way out of this? Is there a way forward and better in the future?
0: Well, I'll I'll start with the short term and that is uh, we're not done. Um, You know, actually it was, it's been interesting like trying to deal with schedule issues and, and, you know, we have uh, listening to our visits all the way to the end of the year. And we're already starting to schedule uh, new visits for the fall uh, we always appreciate the opportunity to be, you know, in our schools and supporting our locals, uh, talking with, with new members and potential members at the beginning of the school year. But the one thing that we've talked about as, as a team is, is we, it, it's not just about a, a listening tour for an intense period of time. And that was important and that was valuable, but, uh, but we're gonna continue to be in, in our schools and interacting with members as, as much as we can. Uh, moving forward I, I just think that's really critical and also pointing out that it's it's not just in our traditional elementary or middle school high school buildings you know with with classroom teachers we're, we're in our ESP locals. Uh, I was in one of our higher ed locals a couple of weeks ago and, and having conversation with uh, faculty and staff it's a wall-to-wall unit there um, and, and by the way a big takeaway there is that, boy, we really need uh, the union and the power of our educators working together to maintain quality, because they're the ones that, that have the professionalism, that have the expertise to ensure that students are getting the quality education that they deserve. So so all different kinds of settings. Also, we've, we've all been to some uh, career tech programs too, which, which is another thing that I'll just lift up and celebrate. And this is one of the great things that we do uh, in, in our state, we need to do more of it. It's talk about individualizing uh, opportunities for students that have a direct impact and engage them in learning in a hands-on way uh, and, and provide an array of opportunities that directly build future and, and connect you know, students to communities and, and, and prepare people for the workforce. That, that kind of thing we need to see more of in, in academic you know, traditional academic settings too. So all of these things are, are things that we're going to learn from. I, what I hope Will come out of this in the long run is that this way of organizing through having conversations, through listening, is not just something, it's not just something that we do as officers and interacting with members. It's something that, that our members, I hope, are getting in the habit of saying, you know what, in order to uh, be taken seriously, in order to not just have gratitude, this teacher appreciation week, but but really have respect and support, you do have to raise your voice. And, and raising your voice together. Uh, And making sure that you know, from your superintendent to your state representative to your state senator uh, to the people in your community and parents and so forth, all need to like be listening to the voices of educators. Uh, We hope we're modeling something for other people who are in decision-making roles to to emulate
3: as
1: well. OEA President Scott Demaro, OEA Vice President Jeff Wensing, OEA Secretary Treasurer Mark Hill. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Scott mentioned the Officers Listening Tour will continue through the end of this school year and beyond so OEA's leaders can continue hearing from more educators. But we also want OEA members to hear from the communities they serve about how much they are appreciated for all they do for Ohio students. We encourage everyone to go to ohea.org thankateacher thank for more information about how they can show their support for Ohio's dedicated educators. And while you're online, make sure you subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode in the future. Until next time, stay well.